morning, everybody. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a disclaimer right up front. I've been at, uh, we've had our marriage conference all weekend from Thursday till now, and with 10 wonderful couples that have just been getting close, and to be honest with you, have been sitting, sharing a lot of tears together, so it seems to have carried right on over into these services today that it seems like just the right sound of music can make you cry, and uh, so if I start crying, there's, there's a lot going on, but uh, as a pastor, you, you really begin to embrace the, the honor it is to speak into people's lives, and uh, I think I said this last week, we very much are very much aware of Pastor Tiffany and I, that you don't have to be here, man. You, you could, you got all kinds of life going on out there, and, and you've chosen to spend it with us, and it's an extreme honor to have you here. And uh, we started a series last couple weeks ago together called This Is Us. And what we're endeavoring to do is to kind of explain who we are as Coastal Family Church, and, and to do that by getting into our own individual lives, because you're living life out there. And in here, it can seem like this is just kind of a secluded moment where you kind of forget all about what's happening in people's lives. And, and uh, so we're doing our best to maybe tap into some places that uh, you're probably experiencing out there. And, and uh, last week, we looked at, uh, found out that, uh, you know, there are times that we go through hurts and times that we go through some uh, feeling guilty and some pressures of, of just feeling like life and making mistakes can get to be so tight on our life. And the way we've done that is we've looked into this series called This Is Us, a television series that uh, many of you may have watched. And, uh, you know, the guilt and the shame that can come through making mistakes. And if you're not careful, one of those things that will happen through guilt and shame is it can kind of paralyze you in life to where you don't feel like you can continue to move on forward. And so we looked into those areas of life last week, and we kind of challenged us to walk out with maybe kind of a, uh, maybe a three-step tool in your tool belt, and we said that, uh, how do I approach the moments of guilt and shame when I don't think I can make it to the next step, or I've hurt somebody, or somebody's hurt me? How, how do I go beyond that? Because we, we live this life of faith and serving and loving God, and, and uh, sometimes life doesn't look as if all of the positive things that we present God as being. And so how do I approach it? And we said, you know, number one, when it comes to especially guilt and shame, it starts by understanding that there's a place of humility involved. There's a place where you're honest with yourself that, hey, you know what? Hey, I missed it. I made a mistake. Look at somebody and say, hey, guess what? You missed it before. And we said that we can take it from that place of missing it before and and if we stop there, then we probably will, you know, be overwhelmed by the mistake. But we want to go to another level and say, you know what, we're going to take responsibility right there. Responsibility for the next part of my life or the future that I have. And, and we said that when we do, there's something that you can expect. We gave you a third thing that would come into a place to kind of move away from guilt and shame so that it doesn't paralyze you in life. And we said that when you are actually humble and when you're actually honest with yourself and when you get ready to take responsibility maybe for the actions that you've made or maybe even action of forgiving someone that's done something to yourself, guess what's available? We said the mercy of God that's so unlimited is there for you at that moment. And it's never something that he runs out with. We said people run out of mercy, but God doesn't. <laughs> 
But we couldn't stop there. We said we had to go to another level with this place of mercy in our life. Again, guilt and shame, we said, will paralyze you. But where it gets to the next step of life so that we can grow beyond this is once we've received this, that mercy from God, what do we do with it? You offer the same kind of mercy to somebody else. Because now you've got an experience. Now you've got a story. Now you've got something that's occurred in your life. And now you have seen how that victory was able to take place. And you were honest. And you took responsibility. And, and God didn't turn his back on you. And so what do you do? Man, you don't turn your back on somebody else. Look at somebody right now. Somebody else say, man, I'm so glad you're here. Well... Today, we want to take you into another clip, another place into this television series. That, uh, And I promise, if you were here last week, it was a tearjerker and kind of got into the emotion and the heart. Today's not going to necessarily be like that. Uh, we're not going to do that to you. But uh, we do want to take you to a place into this video. Last week, you got to meet Jack and you got to meet Rebecca. And... Uh, we found out that those were some places that they had come into live, like we said last week. But now we're going to introduce you to uh, their son, Randall, who came into their life. He, he was adopted when he was a baby. And when he came into their life, there was some opportunities that they were going to face throughout the year where, or the years where, you know, Jack being the guy and the man that he is, am I going to be enough to support and care for him? Because, again, he was adopted. He had a biological family beyond himself. And then you're going to see that uh, Rebecca has to deal with the fear of, because Randall being adopted, the fear of Randall maybe choosing somebody else other than them. And ultimately what this does is it kind of helps us maybe, we're going to be a little transparent to you today with maybe our family and some things we've experienced, something very similar. But one of the things that I found out that at Coastal is we have four cores that we live by. And number one, we want you to know God. And number two, as you get to know Him, we're very confident that you'll begin to see freedom show up in your life. And these are the cores of our church. And we're very confident that once that freedom starts to show up, you'll probably begin to discover that God's got an extremely amazing, powerful, great big, huge purpose on your life. And as that purpose begins to unfold, there's another thing that begins to happen, and, and you'll be challenged to make a difference with that. And we have a faith in a God that's so big and so great and so powerful, and this is His goal for your life. But I found over the years now of pastoring that there is a one, there's one thing that can really stop all of that from happening and going forward, any core of that in your, working in your life, and it's fear. Fear paralyzes faith very quickly. And so when I think about fears and we kind of compare that to maybe something that you might be experiencing out there in life, maybe it's with your work, maybe you're an employer and you're a provider of finances for people and, and because, you know, if, if you don't have the work, they're not providing for their family. Maybe you've got a relationship you're afraid of and when you go home, you're not sure what it's going to be like. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's physical, maybe it's healing that's needed. A lot of things can bring fear into our life is my point. And we're going to endeavor that by the end of this day, we're going to give you some more tools, maybe three tools that will enable you that if fear shows up, when that moment I don't feel like it can go forward or, or keep moving forward, what do I do there? How can I have victory in that place? Because we're faith people. And faith people trust in a big, good God. Unless you get another opportunity to look into the family of Jack and Rebecca 
And now, Randall, watch that show. Doesn't the music just automatically make you want to cry when you hear it? <laughs> Whoever put the music to that thing, man, they did great. Uh, before I go any further, I want to introduce you to three wonderful people in our life. We've been blessed with three wonderful kids. Cut Mackenzie over here. She was number one. She was number one in order, is what my point is. <laughs> Stand up, baby. Stand up. Stand up. And of course, her, her now, my son in law, Tommy, they're married, got married back here in November. Stand up, Tommy. Good to have them. And then we have Chase over here, who I'm extremely proud of. Chase, would you stand up, sir? just means the world to me. And, and we have our third son, Rashid. Stay standing, son. Rashid. And Rashid came into our life when he was 14. And this is how we see our life. We see us as family, as someone. This is us. This is who we are. And ever since Rashid came into our life, uh, it's like our life was was really made complete at that moment. It's almost as if it was complete before, but now it's really complete. Because you see, Rashid, you kids, you guys can sit down. Come on, celebrate with those kids for us. <laughs> Trust me, it's tough living with us, <laughs> mom and dad. And uh, so many of you know how... The, the life that we have and with Rashid coming into our life at 14, been so blessed. And uh, we asked him this morning, or we let, you know, that, hey, this was our thought and our plan. Are you okay with that? And just kind of telling the story a little bit and how could we relate to it. And, and uh, you know, uh, it was amazing, his response. And that was, said, well, Pops, this is us. This is who we are. And... Uh, so when you look at that clip, we can kind of get into the emotion of it, maybe more so than you, because we've experienced some of that. Rashid's not necessarily our biological son, but uh, so that means he has another family out there that, uh, that is very, you know, very much a part of his life at times, and some brothers and some sisters that we, you know, we know them well too. And, but if we're transparent with you and you've been a part of his life, you know, financially and spiritually and physically and you know, school and sports and all of that. I mean, look at him. The guy's arms are bigger than my own, my thigh. <laughs> and, and there are times that I had questions, can I be what he needs? Because his real dad lives in Cleveland, and, and, and can I be that person? But, but I'm telling you, my wife has experienced that place probably more than even I have. And um, being mother and... Ask herself some of those questions. We've had conversations about it before at night, and uh, because we don't see ourselves ever without him, we don't see our it's going to be there. But we know there's always that opportunity that the family, his biological family, you know, he maybe he could choose them over us at times. And I'm just trying to be transparent with you. And she's voiced some of this to us before, and and. Uh, it might seem like it would be heartbreaking. You understand. You know how to explain it. It's kind of bittersweet in a sense. But uh, we're at a different place now in life. And he's 22 almost. And and uh, now his mind is, you know, to where he's thinking about marriage now. 
Thank God he's the son. I don't have to pay for this one the way I just paid for the other one. Uh, but um, so it's just been a trip, man. It's been a blast. I just look forward to seeing what God's going to do with us as a family in the near future. But you need to hear some things from Pastor Tiffany and how she's had to relate to this experience of fear. You know, when I think about the show, this is us. And Pastor Stephen, actually, oh, we started watching the series uh, before we ever were going to teach on the series. And I remember the, the day that we watched that clip. And I remember thinking that most people would look at Rebecca and think she's so selfish. They would look at her because the reality of what is is Rebecca knew Randall's dad. She had known Randall's dad. And Rebecca was pregnant with triplets and had lost one of her triplets. And so Jack, Jack, um, Randall got delivered. And so Jack scooped him up to be their third piece. Many of you don't know this, but I actually I have this carriage after Chase was born. And Kenzie always said, see, Mom, you're Randall. But the interesting thing about it was, was Rebecca... She was so moved with fear. It's the very thing that controlled her when it came to her son, Randall, that she, she tried to control the situation. See, she was so worried about being enough for Randall because she was afraid that if he knew his real dad, she hid it from him. And honestly, if you watch the series, I hate to give a spoiler alert, but later on, Randall finds his dad himself. Her worst fear comes upon her. Not only does Randall find his dad, but he has a move in his house. And he, there's a scene that happens later on, but when he confronts her, he says, I bet it was so hard to live with that secret. And she said, can't even imagine, but the whole secret was fear-driven. And I want to share something with you today that fear in your life and it could be with a child, it could be with a spouse, it could be with a friendship, it, it could, but fear will try to make you a controlling person. Yes, it will. It will make, fear will cause you to be manipulative, and it will cause you to lie, and it will cause you to control situations. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, the word of God says perfect love casts out all what? Fear. Fear. The more I love Rashid, the more I don't have fear, because you know what? I could never be enough for Rashid anyway. I can't be a good enough mom for him. We can't be good enough providers for him. And I can remember early on in this relationship, in, in him being in our lives, putting, I can remember laying in bed and putting pressure on Stephen saying, make sure you talk to him, make sure you reach out to him, make sure you love him, make sure he knows. But Stephen can never be enough for Rashid either. Because we're only enough in God. Come on. Rashid is not going to have fulfillment in us and what we provide. He's only, we only get the opportunity to lead him to the one who gives him purpose. Come on. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, I'm only made complete in Christ. I'm not made complete in anybody else. And I, I wrote this down. This kind of fear makes us try to hold on to things that we don't even have the power to hold on to. You don't have the power 
You know, when you find yourself in situations where you're trying to control the outcome, and you know, it's interesting enough about, about this too, is, is when you find somebody else wanting to fail so that you can win, that's called control. When, you, when you're hoping secretly that somebody else doesn't make it, somebody else doesn't succeed, somebody else gets embarrassed, what you're secretly doing is you're in fear that you're not enough, that God is not enough, and that fear will try to control the outcome. I've seen, it's so crazy, it happens with spouses. I've seen spouses or even relationships where people try to control that relationship because they're thinking, you know what, if they find somebody else, they'll leave me. They're going to leave you anyway because control chokes the life out of people. Manipulation sucks people dry. And the very thing that you're trying so hard, hard, hard to hold on to will end up leaving you. you know, I see this with people with parents. They, they put their children in stuff that they're not even good at. They, they do. Your kid is not a good baseball player or not a good piano player, but you are, you feel so competitive. You feel so that you have, that you want to control the outcome of their life. So you push them and place them in places that they, that God has not even ordained them to be because you're competing with the Facebook world out there. You're complete competing with a mom status out there. You're competing with dad says out there. And you know what? You are trying to control the outcome and God is the only one that's in control. And fear will drive you to do that. I told him today, actually we were talking about last night, I said the, the wonderful thing about Jack is Jack was not actually in fear of Randall. He, he was not driven by fear with Randall. From the very, if you begin to watch the show, Jack was very comfortable that his son was adopted and that he would have relationships outside of their home. Jack was embracing of it, but Rebecca couldn't do it for the fear that she would not be enough for Randall. And Jack is the one who his relationship, but not fear, drove him to his relationship with Randall. Jack always had an easy relationship with Randall because he wasn't trying to control him. Jack did this amazing thing that you saw in this scene. Jack is the one who wanted him to take karate. Jack stood up in Randall's life. I'm going to read you a scripture. Hold on one second, Pop. I'm sorry. I'm going to read you this one scripture. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 in the message translation. It says, the fear of human opinion disables me. But trusting God protects you from that. The fear of other people and what they think about you will disable you. But Jack stood up and he got in position. Did he get on his back? Oh, you dumb. Yeah. 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 Come on, let's do five. Come on. Yeah. He didn't let yeah. me hold him back. Have you ever seen you look at him? <laughs> you know, as we live this life of faith. Fear can paralyze you. Fear can stop you. 
there's no doubt you're going to face moments where you think you're going to give in. You're going to crack, per se. Trust me, he was not on my back first service. <laughs> I'm a little out of breath on it, but I did it. But Look at how big he is. But we want you to realize, guys, the fact of life is there'll be moments where you want to quit. There'll be moments where your strength doesn't feel like it can go any further. But when you learn maybe three things about faith, and you learn how to bring it into your life, and you learn how to apply it, and these, these areas, and you, and you learn to how it shows up, and, and how to activate it, and how to make it go. When you're at that spot, man, and it's all you can do to do another one. I want to show you how to take care of yourself at that moment. You see, we have a message that we share about faith in a good and a big God. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can get you looking at a big God that can carry your load and never teach you how to give him the load and keep you to where you're ready to cave. The first thing that I have to share with you, I've got to tell you, I've got to let you know, the first step in any victory in your life at that moment where you're not the, you can't provide everything as an employer, you can't provide everything as a husband or a wife or a relationship or, or, you know, whatever it is in your life that's uh, maybe, you know, you're trusting some kind of addiction to take you up and to cover up maybe the hurts and the things that you've had. And absolutely, God's the one that carries you out of all of those things. But if I don't tell you this first step and how I begin to get to where I can overcome and be that person that gets off of the ground. I have to be willing to submit my life to the Word of God. The Word of God is, is kind of like the blueprint of the how. But if I never open up the book and see the how, then I'm going to be already be at a disadvantage and I'll probably cave in the moment when I don't need to cave because there's a God wanting to pick you up. And then there's a second step that, you gotta, that I'm challenging you to take beyond just submitting to the Word of God. I'm amazed at how many people don't ever open that thing. You got it on your hip now, an iPod or phone, and so free to get. And I'm amazed at how many people that it's just not something that's important in a daily life. I know you want victory. I know you want to be a success. I know you're not wanting to be a failure. And I know that life's going to bring you moments to have failure. And here's an answer to come out of failure. But you take it to another level beyond just having the word in my heart and the word in my life. What is that? I become a person that repents. Now the religious side of repenting is like trying to get saved again. I'm not asking you to get saved again. I'm not asking you to come to a place where I just ask, even, how about this, even ask for forgiveness again. Come on, guys, we can ask forgiveness all day long because we, we're not perfect. But that's actually not the true biblical meaning of the word repentance. Repentance, true definition, true biblical definition. <laughs> it's simply this, that I'm going to turn, but I'm not going to turn. I'm going to turn and change the way that I think. You see, my faith has to start with the knowledge of the word. The scripture says in Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, 
Incline your ear unto his sayings. Let them not depart out of their eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, because there'll be life to those that find them. Isn't it interesting? There's a word find that means I have to seek it out. When I think of the word repent, and I know its definition, and the scripture says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, to be ye transformed... The Greek word, actually, you might not even really care, is really metamorphosis. Metamorpho, and then it's where we get our word metamorphosis. Which means that when I put the word and I look and I read and I give some application to it, there's a transformation that begins to take place. A thinking changes so that when I'm in that moment of cracking time, maybe where the world would say, you're not going to make it. Maybe where the spouse would say, or they say, your marriage will never get past this point. That's a lie. You can overcome this moment. Maybe when it comes to where there's no money, it's, where's it going to come from? That cracking moment, your mind of thinking has already been changed. That My God will supply all my need. But if I leave you there, do you realize it's not enough? It's not enough to be persuaded. It's not enough to have the thinking change. We have to take it to the next final level. And it's really how your faith will work. Stand up with me this morning. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23, it says, hold fast to your confession of faith. And the back side of that scripture says, because he's faithful that promised. So my God's faithful, but he says, hold fast to the confession of your faith. So if I leave you here at this place, and the scripture is actually defined as saying the same thing as God would say about you. So listen, 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 listen. You can't see me, but if I'm here, and I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm going... And I'm going, and it's all my strength will do, but it comes to that place where the weight of the world starts to get on my back, and how am I going to continue? How am I going to continue? I know it's found in this final truth of how I overcome, and it's holding fast to the confession of saying the same thing, which says that I will not quit. I will not give in. I will be the overcomer. I got one scripture and I'm going to let you be going today. And I want you to see it. Look at it up here on the verse. And will you read this with me? Psalm 27 verse 14. Message translation. Read it with me this morning. Say it with me. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. I guarantee you're going to have another opportunity to say it again. Yeah, you are. Again and again and again. I could go on and on. But this is who we are at Coastal. We have guilt and shame. We know how to come up and out of that now. We have trials and things that come against our life. But now we know that here's what the truth is. Without the Scripture and the renewing to the Scripture and in the confession behind the Scripture, guess what? I'm going to cave every single time. Now you've got some tools to live a life out there that says, I will not quit. Come on, say it with me. I will not. Come on, say it with me. I will not. Come on, say it with me. I will not. I'm not going to quit on life ever again. Come on now. I love you with all my heart. This is us. I'll see you at the back today.